0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. I'm Karen Sullivan, the founder of Pretty Wellness, a two-time breast cancer survivor thriving with stage four disease and author of the book that shares the same name as this podcast, Happiness Through Hardship. I'm also a girl who wishes on pennies. I try to see the good in everything, even when life is not so great, but sometimes it takes a little more. And this podcast will provide you with what worked well for me, success stories of people that have been through hard times and simple suggestions that brought hope, resources, and connections. I hope you've been able to catch our recent episodes, including last week's with Emily Aries, author and founder of Bossed Up, who shares career challenges and opportunities. Now, if you like that episode or this one here, please do me a favor rate review and subscribe. Your efforts will truly help this podcast get noticed and help us inspire more people. And now, for this episode, I am so excited to introduce you to Tina Conrad, merchandising manager for a big brand, podcast host, poet, and founder of the Hope Journal Project. Tina spent over 20 years in the corporate world as an experienced buyer in the retail industry. She's experienced amazing leadership, strong strategic direction, and honestly, the complete opposite. We recognize that many people are struggling on the job or career front, so Tina bravely tells her story of stress and mental anguish on the job. She opened up in an effort to inspire people to have hope, even in horrible work and life situations. She is kind-hearted, brave, smart, full of inspiration and authentic positivity. So please grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to introduce you to Tina Conrad. She is a wife, a proud aunt, a merchandising manager, and wonder woman behind the podcast DJ Breast Cancer. Tina is one of the most authentic and thoughtful people I know. Her work for the breast cancer community is amazing. She is in her sixth season of the podcast where she highlights stories and resources for those touched by cancer or even just any adversity. She is also the founder of the HOPE Journal Project. Think Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants meets Breast Cancer Care Package. Now, not only does she truly understand being a patient, of course, because she has been one, she's also been a caregiver for her mother, whom also is a breast cancer survivor. Now, she is truly the cheerleader you want on your side in life. Cancer or no cancer. Cancer. Which is why today, this conversation is actually not going to be about cancer. See, Tina spent over 20 years in the corporate world. She's an experienced buyer working in the retail industry. And like so many of us, she's worked for amazing leaders and also horrible bosses. So many people are struggling right now about work, whether they're unemployed or uninspired or just really unhappy with a boss. Now, Tina is going to share her story of stress and mental anguish on the job, which led her to finding a way to reclaim her life. Tina, thank you for being here with me.
1: Oh, thank you, Karen. I mean, I know we can talk for hours, but it's so good to be on here. And it's, it's kind of refreshing to talk about something other than cancer, even though I'm sure it'll come up here and there. <laughs>
0: well, and as for so many people out there, when you get, when one gets some sort of diagnosis, you don't want to be defined by it. And then there's people like both of us that have taken it and have given back to the community. And then the community has given back to us, like this beautiful, you know, circle of love. Um, But we also, I think, struggle with, we don't want it to define us. And So you and I thought it would be a good idea to have a conversation outside of there's so many things that make up us and maybe we don't talk about it as much. I don't talk about my corporate career as much because, you know, now I've embarked seven years on this entrepreneurial journey and you focus so much of your podcast on your guests and sharing their cancer stories and relating with your own that this seemed like a great time with so many people questioning where they're at with their professional career that I wanted to bring you in because you have confided in me some of the, we'll call it angst, that you've had in your corporate career. And so I'd love to throw it over to you if you could share with the listeners a bit about your career and what led you to, you know, the mental anguish that helped you kind of change your way of looking at things.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I have worked um, in the corporate career for for a long time, and I, I'm an Enneagram 3, if you know what that is, but my work and my deeds kind of define me. Like, that's just kind of who I am as a person, and so I've always been type A. I've always been you know, I, I want to do a good job. I, I was a really good student, you know, all through high school, all through college. Um, I mean, I can tell you the amount of non-A's that I got on one hand. (laughs) So like, it's just always been like who I am is like this, this person that goes and gets it, you know, I set goals, I get it done. Like, it's just, it's just me. And so, you know, that has obviously served me very well in my corporate career. Um, you know, I definitely rose through the ranks of, of you know, different buying jobs. Um, I was a divisional merchandise manager. And then, and that was actually my dream job. I wanted to manage people who were buyers themselves. And then cancer hit. And it really shined a light on the fact that maybe, you know you know, my career is not everything. And my legacy needs to be more than just this. So it definitely started to change me just as a person. Um, I think I even wrote a piece about, you know, um, you know, my job didn't change, but I changed. And, and, and that was really, it took some time to accept. And I do encourage anybody, you know, going through a difficult lifetime to kind of, you know, reflect on who you are as a person and, and understand that you can change over time and, and that's okay too. So it's just kind of um, understanding this new person that, you know, emerges from cancer. So um, even after cancer, I, I took actually a little bit of a step back and um, cause I was, I was living a life that was not healthy and wasn't suiting my everyday, you know, best needs. So I went to just being a buyer again and, you know, that, that was, you know, doing well and then, you know, I, I had a different position, different boss, and, you know, I, I was still trying to figure out, like, who I was in this life after cancer. It was only, you know, a couple years after my treatment, and I've always gotten along well with my bosses. I'm kind of that, you know, people pleaser, you know, great person, and, and I'm sure you can relate. And it totally. was just really hard when you meet a boss that just doesn't appreciate you and, you know, really is hard on you and you know, you spend so much time at work, and it was just a really difficult position to be in. So just just in terms of corporate, though, um, you know, cancer kind of changed who I was as a person. Um, maybe in the past I would have accepted it or, you know, done something, but, you know, I really leaned into my faith at this time and um, really just kind of asked God to show me the way because it was a really, like, if I were to map my life, I almost would probably map this portion of my life lower than even my cancer journey, which is kind of crazy, but it just kind of lets you know how low, you know, I I was just as a person and, you know, just, you know, these depressed thoughts, a lot of anxiety, um, and just trying to deal with all of that, plus trying to you know, live this life after cancer and try to figure out who it is, it, it's a, it's a really difficult journey. And, you know, even just, I'm on a lot of medications, you know, for, for after breast cancer. And when I get anxious, you know, like the blood rushes and my reaction to physical stress is different than, you know, before I had cancer and was on these medications. So it was really just trying to like learn all of this and who I was as a person. And I just felt, kind of empty again. And I thought, like, I've just been through this breast cancer journey. Like, I feel like I'm supposed to be on this path. You know, where am I being led to? So it was really um, a, a, just a difficult time, um, a, like a journey after a journey, <laughs> if, that, if that makes sense. And and I honestly haven't shared this with too many people, but it's, it really is a raw time. And You know, I think I expressed to you, I was on my way, you know, to my oncologist for a follow-up, you know, doctor's appointment,
2: and I actually was considering, like, just going off the overpass, and that's, it's even hard for me, you know, to express now, but when you're at a place, when you feel like it would just, it would just be easier, I, I can understand, just take a minute. I can understand when people talk about mental health and it really touches me because, you know, I I think we can all relate to mental health and just being in a position that's really, really dark and wanting to get out of it and and trying to find that light. And both you and I are, are, are people of light, you know, and I even, you know, like I just... I imagine myself as a light in this world. And so it was really, really hard to kind of climb out of this place and and kind of find the new Tina again. And, you know, I, so much kudos, you know, to my doctor who listened to me that day, you know, to my husband who always supports me. And, you know, we have so many conversations. And then just a group of friends that, you know, are just so core that, you know, I, I kind of experienced. Describe it like how Stella got her groove back, but that's kind of like what it was. You know, it, it took me some time to find me again, and I think that that's kind of the message I wanted you know to share with you today. That you can you can find you. You can go through a very difficult time. You can even go through another difficult time, and you know you can get through it on the other
0: side. Oh, Tina, thank you. I want to I wish that we were. That I could give you a big hug because I can't imagine how hard it is to just put it in words and remembering this day or this time, and you're actually willing to share it is huge because I think, I mean, twofold, I think when you go through a hard time in life, insert whatever hardship that might be. I think a lot of times people think, okay, that I'm one and done, I had my hardship. I took it for the team. But then other things happen, and maybe you start to question, well, why is this happening? And, and you become in, in, in a dark place. you know. Or the other direction is people at work. Like you said, work is a place where you spend so much time. And for many of us type A people, and maybe just everybody, you want to feel like, obviously, we work to make the money to live, but you also want to kind of get those good feelings through it. Or I I can't speak for everyone. I speak for myself that when you put so much time and energy, you want the appreciation, you want a little bit of gratitude because that motivates you and to be treated.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm validated by my work and I realize, maybe too much to a fault and I realize that, but I think you can understand that as well.
0: Well, yes, I, I can. And so you know, being in the situation that you were in, take the cancer out of it or even put it to the side, which sounds like you did. It's just, it's so hard to have to live through that, especially when, you know, other people go to work and they may not be dealing with the boss like you, are. they have a different bad boss or a different great boss or the team or whatever it might be. It's real. What you're saying is like our mental wellness at work is real. And, you know, I'd I'd like for you to share, like, now in reflection, what would you tell other people that might be in your position that are going through? Like, it's not just about a horrible boss. It's about everything Mm -hmm. that goes along with it. And and what recommendations do you have for them?
1: Yeah, and I I, I kind of want to preface it, but, like, I've had other bad bosses, you know, obviously in my life. And, you know, I always kind of took the stance, like, you have a good boss? That's great. They're probably not going to be your boss for forever. You have a bad boss? I'm sorry, but they're not going to be your boss for forever. And it was a little more flippant maybe the way I felt, but this was definitely a different experience. It was you know, on, a, on a whole different level. Um, the thing that I would really say is that you have to share. You can't keep this you know, like bottled up inside. Um, so for me, I prayed on it. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times... I prayed on it. Um, I still even, you know, I have my prayer journal, my gratitude journal. I put this person in my prayer journal and not as a remembrance to punish myself, but that I have to let go. And I think that that's important too. Um, But I, I think sharing your story when you are at the lowest and getting the help that you need, it was probably a good situation that I was you know, on my way to a doctor's appointment that day, and could talk to somebody from a professional standpoint. Um, you know, and and have that conversation. So I definitely say share, talk. You know, everything that you can do to you know allow this. You just can't keep it bottled up inside. It has to be something you talk about.
0: Well, I and and as you mentioned earlier, it really you started to talk about support too. Of course, there's so many different professionals that you can talk to, but also being surrounded by the right support. Your husband has been such a rock for you. And having him there, you said friends. And, you know, I I think from my experiences, sometimes you just be choosy with who who those people are. Hopefully, you, you know, our husbands, our significant others are already on the boat with us and are willing to be incredibly supportive. But, you know, some friends are they might be wonderful friends, but they may not be the support you need when you're down that low. And, mm-hmm. and, and feeling so low is what I mean, and feeling so dark. So I think that that is important to identify, I think, when we're looking at who's on our support team. Now, yeah. And,
1: I, and sometimes it's surrounding yourself with people who kind of understand the situation. Sometimes it's Finding people who do not understand the situation, because they each can bring kind of you know different perspectives. Um, like my friend Natalie, just love her to death. You know, I, I worked with her for so many years, so it was really important because she was such a great sounding board of like what kind of happens in this type of situation, and she just was an amazing you know person. But then I have like my best friend who who knows nothing of this, you know, and also can be a sounding board just as a human. Uh, I you know, many things that have happened with the podcast, you know, my best friend is she's such a good sounding board of like, you know, just like, Hey, but put it in this perspective or think of this. And, you know, it's, it's really good sometimes to have that outside, you know, that helps as well.
0: Well, and the other thing, and I'm not sure if the places you've worked have this and depending on where you work, everybody's benefits are different. Right. But I loved when I worked for the Walt Disney company and ESPN, our HR department was really strong. The, the woman who I loved, um, named Abelka, was our HR, we were connected with her in terms of HR, and she was really great about kind of showcasing the programs. Like, there was a huge, you know, guidebook that you could go to on the portal and, like, download, but not everybody does that, right? And she would showcase kind of what was new, and there was everything from, like, of course, there's, like, a mental health line that you could call that wasn't necessarily the company. It was, like, a third party. So it's somebody... That, hey, if you don't have an appointment with a professional, you could call and you could use. Um, there, there's other all sorts of other resources that were available as well. And I'm, I'm guessing and, you know, I've been gone a few years. I'm guessing that companies are continuing, hopefully, to focus on mental wellness and there may be some other things that are available. So, you know, for all you uh, listeners it- out there. Check in, and with I would say
1: they're even amplifying it more, you know, because of obviously COVID and everything happening, which is great. That would be my one thing that, if I could talk to myself, you know, and go back in time, hindsight being twenty twenty, would be that I would have engaged more, you know, with HR, you know, from from even the early signs of it. Um, so definitely, I encourage people to to do
0: that. And that, and by the way, I mean, again, it it depends on. I know some people may not want to go and like tell the story of their boss because they're afraid of what might happen. That's where it sounds like your friend, I think you said her name's Natalie. It's great to have a confidant inside that can help you navigate those waters. But I will say that, our, I mean, our HR department was always very open and willing to have private conversations and, and, so anyway, to your point, I'm, I'm hoping that there's a lot more resources there now, which I believe there are, as in many companies, when it comes to helping navigate uh, your mental wellness. Yeah. So, so I know that you, in current years, have really helped yourself yeah, I want to say focus on the positive. You are a cheerleader at heart, but you've used some tools that I think could be helpful to share with the listeners um, that have helped you focus on who you want to be, not just as a, a personally, but professionally and kind of use that, it will say, as your North Star. Are you willing to talk about that tool with us?
1: Yeah, I'm really excited about it. It started from an article that I'd read, um, which was in the Harvard Business Review, and it was called From Purpose to Impact. And it really talked about how, you know, leaders, there's so many great leaders, but so many of them don't really know what their purpose is. And so it kind of gave like these steps to kind of like help you go from purpose to impact. And I love that it like really dug kind of deep. It dug into, like, who you are as a human being, like, even from your childhood, and I kind of loved how it made you think and really, like, take, uh, you know, just a different, deeper perspective than maybe you've looked at yourself, and so I just thought it was a really great tool. I, I believe there's a book that also, like, is on it, but, um, you know, it was this article, and then um, it led to, like, a workshop that we did as a work team, and it really just was a very interesting time to kind of, you know, look at myself and say like, who am I as a person? And it really was more about me as a whole person. And it kind of led me to believe or to understand that myself as a whole person is so important. Like my work part is only just one portion of it. In order to be my best self, kind of all cylinders need to be firing. And actually, if I kind of know my purpose, through all of it, then I can kind of shine through and, um, be like my best version of myself. And so it was a really fun, um, I say fun, but it was kind of like a, an exciting and, you know, just a new opportunity to kind of clean the slate and like, look at who I am going forward. And I found it very interesting.
0: That's Great that you guys got to do it as a team too, because it'd be interesting to see what everybody comes back with, whether it's your bosses or, or your friends that are sitting there. Now, can you share with us a little bit of how you figured out what your purpose would be?
1: Yeah, so it it took some time. Well, what, the first thing that you do is create your own purpose statement, and so what I love about the purpose statement is it's not, you know, I'm a merchandise manager or I'm a buyer. Like it's not just like you're cask. And it's not really like, I'm the daughter of this person. Like, it's really like, no, who are you as, as a person? Like, what is your purpose? And so, um, it gave a lot of examples about, you know, digging deeper. Um, you know, one person was always trying to find the stars or, um, it, it was just interesting how it kind of framed it up. Um, and it really dug into like your childhood. So you kind of worked on this purpose statement, um, Then you kind of explained why it meant something to you. Um, And we did this as like a group and kind of, um, again, talked about it as a group. And like it was really interesting just to kind of even hear from a peer set, you know, other people, um, you know, more about them, I guess, than like just knowing them from like a work level, you know. So um, and then we set out goals and um, goals were like into different. Years, so like five years out, um, like three to like one to two, and then like like your more immediate goals, and then critical next steps and relationships. So it was so funny when I was working on this, I actually named you <laughs> one of my like key relationships, which I love that this has now come full circle and we're actually talking I, about it. But
0: <laughs> it makes me want to cry. That's so wild. So and amazing.
1: It, it's really awesome. But when I I thought about it. I I had a few different ideas, but everyone, you know, this was kind of the one that like really stood out to me and, you know, all my work group also like agreed. But my, my purpose statement ended up being champion and cheerleader of positivity. And so it was really about, you know, whether it's work, whether it's, you know, all my extracurricular things I do. I really do want to shine a light like in the darkness and, you know, just be this source of strength and positivity. And I love the word cheerleader. Uh, You and I were both cheerleaders when we were young. I know that about you.
0: Yes, I have always been a cheerleader at heart. However, I actually never competed in cheer. I was a dancer and a singer in full confession.
1: (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Well, I was a cheerleader, but we weren't very We weren't competitively very good or
0: anything, but it was just fun. I think that That was was the time. I think that was the timing of it all. But anyway, I want to hear, because I know this is how it evolved of you, you know, being a cheerleader since you were very young.
1: Yeah. So it just felt like that really struck a chord with me. And even like the exercise of like kind of digging deep into like, what made you happy? Like, what made you happy growing up? And like, why did it make you happy? And so it was asking some of these probing questions. And I, I really realized like, I, one, I love the camaraderie is like being a cheerleader, but I love the idea of like, just cheering someone on. Like, I think that that I don't know, that's just who I am as a person. It really resonated when I started to kind of think about it. And, you you know, you brought up my mom and being a caretaker. I kind of was her cheerleader, you know, so, um, and, and that was, you know, when I was in my 20s and, you know, starting my corporate career, um, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And, you know, I just kind of was that, like, cheerleader, sending her flowers, going to her bedside, you know, for anything that I could attend. Um, and... I just see that as a role that has kind of continued and now just being, you know, active in the breast cancer community, it, it continues as well. Like I always love to meet people as they are starting their journey and like, and I know you do too with like your, your wellness guide and like having that you know, manual that people can take to yeah. their appointments. But I too just want to be that cheerleader, like, Hey, you got this, you know, and and you can get through this and, you know, just helping them and giving them positive, you know, tidbits and reinforcement, because again, people can feel in a really dark place. And, you know, I always felt like I had my mom and my mom had me, but I always wondered, which was the real impetus for me to start a podcast. What about those women that don't have anybody or have no experience going into breast cancer and are totally doing this blind Who is helping them? And so I just wanted to be that cheerleader, you know, for them. And, and, you know, through the podcast, I feel like it has really allowed me to build such a community of positivity around it. And then now, you know, now like the whole Project Voices that you you spoke of, like that's just another way to just kind of, again, be a cheerleader, send a little love and, you know, hope into people's days. And I, I think it's such a great thing that now that I have this purpose statement, it, it really allows me to see kind of who I am through this whole lens. And again, it's not, it's not just my personal stuff. It's also through my work stuff. And, you know, when we were in COVID times, um, and starting out, we're all working from home, you know, I came up with these theme days and we would all dress in like collegiate one day, or we would dress in black and white, whatever the, whatever the theme may be. But like it was fun to kind of rally the troops and like, you know, get us all together. And then I do screenshots and I do a collage of like a photo of all of us together. And, you know, even my boss spoke of it on my review that like this was kind of like such a great thing that I did. And so it was kind of interesting to see how it's almost like come full circle now and to like have, have it and to like my light now be like such a, a big deal, you know? So it was, it's it's really a lens that allows me to see me through all different aspects. And, you know, even with the new projects that I pick, you know, whether it's, you know, outside of work, I kind of now take this, you know, as as a filter and say, like, is this allowing me to be my best self? You know, is it allowing me to be a champion and cheerleader for positivity? Or is it, is it just kind of noise? So I do think that that's, it's a great way to kind of also – help you to kind of see what your purpose and goals are and and allow you to get there so mine was to always like build a bigger platform be be bigger um you know and that's why i even picked you as like being this key person that could also help me because i knew together you know we can make a bigger difference than doing things in our own silos and so that's just you know kind of one of the fun things of all of it is is you know, I look forward, um, I, I do want to write a book, I'm working on like the outline of it. And you were also a great person, like with your, with your book and everything that I just felt like I also want to do it kind of the way you did it. And I think that you're such a role model. So it was thank you such a great way to kind of outline like, what it is that you want to do in life and how you're going to get there and who's going to come on the ride with you.
0: Well, and and what I think is so important about this exercise and it is that it makes the individual stop and think. You know, so many times with work, we've got so much to do, we do 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 do, we try and think strategically and then move to do 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 do, right? And mm-hmm. Oftentimes, are we stopping and thinking about what we want? And, you know, as as I'm thinking through a lot of what you're saying, I know there's probably naysayers out there that are like, well, you know, when you get a job, um, you just kind of have to... It, it starts from the top, which it does. And whether it's... There's so many different facets that go into having a job, right? And some people it's a necessity and all the, the way they feel about it isn't as important as in getting the income, right? And and But there are a lot of people out there that feel stuck and you and I've both been in that place before and I think it's powerful to know that we do have a choice. Even when we don't feel like we have a choice, we have a choice and doing an exercise like this to me seems like, It helps you figure out where you fit best because when we fit in a place, you know, call it joy, call it happiness, call it peace, calm, motivation, inspiration, whatever, you know, flowery word you want to add there, when we're in the right place for us, we will probably thrive. And so sometimes trying to identify what you really want, not what you think the job wants of you. I mean, that is important. But thinking about what you want, if the job wants something different, well, then maybe it isn't a right fit anymore. Maybe it was a good fit. You know, as you talked about, um, your job, the way you looked at your career was a great fit, you know, before cancer. And now, you know, or then post-cancer, it wasn't a good fit, or at least in that working situation, it wasn't. And so taking the time to reflect, thinking about what you want your purpose to be, to me... You know, clearly, I'm really excited about it because I just, you know, I I just got full of energy. (laughs) And, and and I like to believe I know that there are situations out there that I, 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 and for anybody out there that is going through a hard time, whatever it might be in life, please know I know that things can be complicated and it may not be as easy. I just love when there's somebody like you that can present a tool that may be helpful to somebody out there, and I. You know, I, I think try it and coming up with your own purpose statement, as you outlined it, could be really helpful.
1: Yeah, and I'm happy to like share with you like some other ones that like I had read too. You know, just so people people don't necessarily have to think that it's just this like positive Pollyanna thing. You know, um, but I I do think um, it, it's really kind of digging into like what has made you happy over time, and I think that that's a really um, interesting way to, to look at your life and to look more at your childhood and what brought you joy. And then how can you kind of translate that into like what you're doing today? Um, I do want to share with you, like, so this was the explanation, like I gave to my work group, but kind of why I picked champion and cheerleader for positivity. We've kind of talked about it, but I, I, it's like when I reflect back now, it's, it's kind of interesting because it's still such a, I wrote this, you know, about a year ago, but it's still like so resonant, you know, with, within my, you know, within my world. But my explanation was my first organized sport was cheerleading. And even after junior high and high school cheer, I love to cheer others on. I love to find the good and celebrate that. I am passionate about helping others to get to next, achieve their goals. In my podcast life, I am leaning into the tough subjects. First, it was metastatic breast cancer stage four, which you were a part of my uh, crew, and now it was uh, breast cancer from a perspective of women of color. I want to shine a light in the darkness. I want to give a voice to those who can't speak or feel silence. I want to bring change and purpose and truly help others. Positivity is not a superficial state. It is bringing my light to places, acknowledging the reality and working on ways to help achieve our goals. So I think it's, like, I read that, and even I get kind of choked up, you know, reading this, like, a year later, but it's really about kind of digging deeper, and I think if I were to reflect back on this five years from now, ten years from now, this will still be very important to me. Maybe I won't be doing the podcast, maybe, you know, I'm doing different things, but I still feel like being a champion and cheerleader of positivity will always be who I am as a person. And I can kind of always reflect on that, you know, whatever, whatever hurdles or whatever celebrations I'm experiencing, you know, in my life.
0: And, and I think that's really powerful is you, you use the word lens, looking at it as the lens to make some of the decisions you may make. And that is, I think I'm a person who loves tools and I think if there's a way to have a little help and this tool can provide that, it's, it's a focus for you. And I think that's, uh, comes from a place of strength, right? When you're making decisions, whether it is a professional decision or a, a personal decision. And so hopefully I, you know, I think for all the people out there that are going through, uh, you know, that, what do we want to call it? The ickiness at work or, you know, Tr- considering what to do next or how to handle a situation i hope that whether it's this tool or considering you know talking to others professionally within your organization or some friends will help you know provide a you know some help or some resources or a different way to look at things, which might just help you put one foot in front of the other, because sometimes we don't have the answers, but when we have the ability to walk one foot in front of the other, right, then it leads us to it. So I, th- yeah,
1: I, I love that. And the article is really great too. And I'll be sure to send you the link so that you can, you know, direct people to it. Um, Cause it does give really good steps like on how to do it as well. The thing that I loved about it is it also talked about it being very specific, so it's specific to you. So yours is definitely going to be, even though we're very similar, <laughs> it's still going to be you know, a little bit you know, different, um, and it's very personal. And I love how it explained to uh, the article, it says, it is, the purpose statement is who you can't help being. And it looks at what you love to do as a child and what helps you sing your song. And I just love that phrase, what helps you sing your song, because I think we do all have a song to sing. So it's like, who who is it? What makes you so sparked and, you know, invigorated and all of this? And so I, I think it can be so different for so many people. But when you kind of land on the right thing, it's such a beautiful, like, you know, it's almost like a symphony, like, yes, this is who I am. And it is such a great lens, as you mentioned, to, you know, apply towards your life going forward.
0: Well, and it's interesting that you bring up or the article brings up, like, what made you sing as a child or where you in, it, other people might say, when, it, what are you doing when you're in the flow? That activity is something that obviously you connect with. I think that's powerful in figuring out, like, what's your purpose? What's our purpose? Whoever it might be. And doing more activities, whether it's professionally. Like I do know some people I've had on the podcast had corporate careers and one is now a professional organizer and she's actually blown up on Instagram and her business as well. Um, The other one was in corporate and she always, she was actually my first boss at Sesame Street Live. She was always a fashionista and she It now has her own styling and branding company for professionals, which is doing very well as, as well. And, you know, both these two people when they were looking at making changes did exactly what you're talking about is think like, what did you love as a child? And is that something that you would connect with now? And they're both really happy in what they're doing because they, they, they're doing something they've always loved and they're helping people, you know, along this passion line. So, I think that that is right on when they talk about, you know, childhood obviously has influenced us in so many different ways. So
1: (laughs) it does. And I love that I'm in a different role now. And I I really feel like I'm kind of like in that flow, like you explained, like I really feel like where all my experience, all my uh, skills have led me to this one position. And I just really, truly love it. And I feel like it's such a great blend of like teaching, which I always love, yeah. you know, to to teach. Um, it's such a great you know part of encouraging others. Um, and just recently, I got a new project added where I'm going to help other small businesses also like build a resource library. So it's such a blend of like all these different hats and all these different things. And it's I'm not attributing this purpose statement necessarily to where I am, but allowing myself to kind of See that this is me is such a, like, um, it, it's just a really gratifying experience. And, you know, kudos to, you know, the the women that went out there and did their own thing. Like, it, it can mean starting something totally new and fresh, or it could mean, like, a new role. It could mean, you know, just development within your current role into things that, like, excite you. Um, and it could just mean a new hobby. Like, yeah. it can mean a lot of different things. Yeah. So, I just, people, you know, don't feel like you have to quit your job tomorrow as well. But like, I think having something like this, make sure that you're putting your time and your, you know, efforts and, you know, you're stage four. I've been through cancer. It is very important that we spend our time in a way that is meaningful. If ever anything was so highlighted during my cancer journey, it was my life has to have meaning. And so this kind of also does help to amplify that and almost like put it into into paper, like it makes it be, you know. So it was really important for me too, just from a meaning perspective to have this kind of written down.
0: Well, and, and I want to reiterate your point. You're so right. Like I don't, I think... We want people to hear this and be inspired that you can help move in that direction that you will authentically like, be happy with. You don't have to quit your job and start something new, unless that's something you've been wanting to do. And this is the the, the motivation to, to get you that. It could be asking for a new project at work. It could be you know, taking a bigger role in an employee resource group at work that might bring about something that you used to fuel you as a kid. There are just so many different directions. It could be starting a hobby that, you know, I, I, that could help make you happy and then, you know, brings a different purpose to your life, which then kind of sprinkles into all areas of your life. It's, you know, I think you, what, is you, what do you say? You believe in hope, not just hope as a survivor. It's helping other, what is what does the acronym stand for? You
1: help one person every day. Yes, help that's my motto. one person <laughs>
0: every day is your motto, which I think is a beautiful thing. And I am so grateful, Tina Conrad, for you coming into my life. I I agree with you. Like you and I, it's funny. Like there's sometimes you'll post things, and by the way, for all the listeners out there, we've never actually met. We met no, through this. But we are going
1: to meet. <laughs> yes, we are going to
0: meet. We are going to meet at some point. Uh, but we, I think. When you've met someone, not that just has been through a similar experience as you, we can obviously, you know, talk about our cancer experiences, but that kind of shares a a, a perspective and and has of like-mindedness, it becomes really powerful. And we took that, you know, first it was through Instagram, then I was on your podcast, then we just started having these kind of accountability calls where we're talking about like our our businesses and, and then sharing stories of, you know, your corporate life versus my old corporate life and it's become really powerful. So, um, for all the listeners out there as well, I hope that you, um, have somebody out there, whether it's, uh, you know, your neighbor next door or, you know, somebody that you met through a Facebook group that, you know, you can share some interesting conversation. Cause I know Tina, you and I, we've gotten off calls and I'm just like smiling ear to ear, like, man, I'm so glad I've got a friend like her in my life. So, um, And on that note of being grateful, um, I know that you're such a supporter of this podcast as a listener and obviously now as a guest. I'm wondering if you will play the Grateful Game with us.
1: Yes, of
0: course. Of course, it's so up your alley. So for those of you who are new (laughs) to me here at Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast and Pretty Wellness, I love, I love, love, love this, what we call the Grateful Game. When my son was nine, We started reading a gratitude book and really doing our own gratitude list within it at night. And being that he was nine years old and slightly competitive, he decided to time me and see if he could come up with more um, things that that he's grateful for than me. And so this led to us every night, we let go of the book. And for the past few years, we talk about what we're grateful for and why. And the beautiful thing about it is even when life is dark, there's always been something throughout the day that we've been able to find that made us smile or that made us grateful. And asking him to tell me why he's grateful for it means he's actually giving it some thought. And hopefully that's making him feel good. And there are plenty of studies out there about the importance of these type of mindfulness practices in your life, including gratitude. So I will kick it off. I will give us a minute each to say what we're grateful for and why today, or we'll say in the last 24 hours. So I will say I am incredibly grateful for... uh, My doggy and the dog walks I have with a few of my different neighbors. I having a dog like everybody said is just a beautiful life change. And I love the fact that I, I love to take power walks. The dog motivates me to do it even more. I've connected with people that also have dogs that maybe I wouldn't have been texting to be like, hey, go on a walk with me. Because so many times I just pop in my AirPods and listen to music, a podcast, or talk to a friend on the phone. So that is something I'm grateful for. And today before this podcast, I walked with my friend Lindsay and Sadie, which is Lucky's little girlfriend, my dog Lucky. Um uh, Let's see uh one more. I am grateful for oh my son loves baseball so much and my husband's family does a baseball like a uh, ESPN or Yahoo uh draft. And so last night they had their draft and my son is the commissioner. I'm just so grateful that that everybody around us like in our family really uh kind of pumps my son up with his love and passion for baseball because it really makes him smile. And so I'm grateful for them for doing that and grateful that he had, you know, so much fun doing it. So that's my minute plus I'm tossing it to you with two.
1: Oh, I love all your gratefulness. things. They're so cute. Um, I am grateful. Um, I planted um, some bulbs that my mom gave me hyacinths, which are like the best smelling, most beautiful little flowers. And they are all coming up, which I have no green thumbs, so I'm super pumped (laughs) that they survived. And I will hopefully be smelling um, all of their deliciousness soon. But it's even special, too, that, like, my mom gave me these bulbs. And so, like, you know, like, it's kind of fun to see them. I check in on them every day. And then the grass, uh, we got, like, so much rain, but the grass is, like, really greening up. And so just this, like, feeling of spring and, like, hope and, like, uh, I just love spring and summer and, you know, I am just excited to get out of winter and have like color again. So that's one. And then I'm grateful despite the circumstances that our paths have crossed and like your love of gratitude. Um, I, I have such a deep love and respect for gratitude. I start every morning uh, with what I'm grateful for. And, you know, um, today we're getting together with some friends. Um, my husband and I have had our COVID shots, um, the vaccines, the J&J. So it's just like starting this like small little step towards like feeling normal with some friends again. Uh Just amazing. I don't know, just really over the moon excited. So those are like... (laughs) All right. So you beat
0: me. But as I love to say that my mother said, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. It just matters how you play the game. And so um, exactly for all the listeners out there, I hope that you will consider just taking a moment, whether it was just with us now and thinking about what you're grateful for and why, because listen, I get it. I know that it's not going to necessarily change your diagnosis or whatever hardship, like having a little gratitude practice, but hopefully it can change your mood. And I think that's powerful because sometimes when you're going through a hard time, we're in bad moods a lot. And if you, there's any little thing that you can do that will help bring a little like smile to your step, um, that I think is can be helpful. And so listen, um, to all the my cancer brothers and sisters out there, I know we've got tons of resources for you, whether it's Tina's podcast, DJ Breast Cancer, or... Or it's my book, Happiness Through Hardship, A Guide for Cancer Patients and Caregivers. Please know that, that, you know, those are resources for you. And then for everybody else out there, we've all been going through such hardship this year or in general, I am wishing you just such love and hopefully that whether it's through this story or for other stories you hear on this podcast or out in the world, that you're able to find just a little bit of joy during, you know, you journey in life so thank you thank you thank you tina for being here and thanks for all the listeners so everybody have a great day and uh, we'll connect again soon bye for now Bye. thank you so much for joining us today i want to leave you with a quick thought but first a request please take a minute to rate review and subscribe You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. And tell your friends about us. If you love us, they might too. Now, as you heard on this episode, Tina and I share a similar path. As cancer survivors and women who believe in finding a silver lining, she's a huge proponent of helping one person each day, her acronym for the word HOPE. For all those touched by cancer as a patient, caregiver, or even a friend of someone with cancer, please know there are so many resources out there to provide hope. Whether it's through Tina's podcast, DJ Breast Cancer, or my book, Happiness Through Hardship, a guide and journal for patients, caregivers, and friends, or the continual advancement of the medical and wellness communities, I truly believe in having hope. Thanks again for joining us today. I am sending you lots of happiness and great health. Bye for now, everyone.